0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.
1: Committed is a production of iHeartRadio.
0: I once went to a therapist who told me that the happiest and most successful couples are the ones who know how to disagree. The ones who don't agree on something, but don't let it just completely ruin their relationship. This was five years ago, so I didn't totally get it at the time. I was a new bride, we were still in the honeymoon phase, and back then, if we weren't on the same page about something, we totally pretended we were on the same page about something. We were so naive. But I think about that advice a lot. I think about how Nick and I don't have to agree on everything, but how the key is learning to get comfortable on opposite sides of a decision. It's about how to communicate our disagreements and really when to just let something go, when to agree to disagree. A couple of weeks ago, I read a story in the New York Times about mixed vax couples. Those are couples where one person has gotten the COVID 19 vaccine and the other person does not want to get it. I truly wanted to understand not necessarily why someone would choose not to get a vaccine. We've heard that, we've read those stories. But I wanted to understand how a couple gets through that. How you agree to disagree about something so big, so wide-ranging, something that has such a huge impact on all of our public health. So we put out a call to our committed community, and you guys responded. We received more than 100 messages from people in mixed-facts relationships who were actually willing to talk to us. This has clearly become an issue that has divided couples across the world. And I don't know if we're talking about that enough. But to me, the way people, the way individual couples are dealing with this is fascinating. And this week, we're bringing you two of their stories. First off, Jen and Tim.
1: Hi, I am Jen, and uh, this is Tim, and we are going to be together seven years this June. And we should have been married by now, but COVID. So we are twice postponed and now looking at a New Year's Eve
0: weekend wedding. Oh my gosh, twice postponed. When was the first one supposed to be? October
1: 2020 in Portugal.
0: Where's the New Year's one going to be? In DC
1: where we live. So we're going to honeymoon in Portugal. We postponed to October 21 in Portugal and then our venue closed and we found that out in February And I was like, I can't, so we're just going to do, we live in the greater DC area, so we're just going to do it here and then go to Portugal for our honeymoon and bring our wedding attire so I can still have pictures.
0: Yeah, all right, good. All right, so let's get started. So tell me who's gotten a vaccine, who wants to get a vaccine, and who doesn't?
2: Oh, I'm not, I will not get the vaccine, but you have gotten
0: it.
1: Yeah, I just got um, both of my vaccines. I'm fully vaccinated now, two weeks and almost three weeks since my second shot.
0: Tim, tell me a little bit about why you don't want to get it.
2: I don't really need it. I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm under the age of 40. I'm in my mid-30s. I don't need a vaccine for a virus that doesn't affect my body. Because I don't even get the flu shot every year. I haven't been sick since I was nine. That's literally the last time I was sick Was I was nine years old It's the last time that I was sick. I, I don't feel the need to get a vaccine that was created in a very, very short amount of period of time. That's kind of iffy to me.
1: I lead a particularly healthy lifestyle and health is very my, probably my number one focus in life is health. So being healthy, having my health is very important to me. I took COVID, you know, seriously in terms of following rules and best practices and again like i have not been shopping in a non-essential store in like a year and change right whereas tim has been to work every day basically since
2: covid i bartend every weekend i've been out every weekend for the past almost a year have not been affected have ha- had multiple people tell me that this is not a big deal.
0: Tim's job made Jen nervous at first. His potential exposure to the virus every time he went to work.
1: I think for me, my mom now it lives in Virginia nearby. She was locked in her senior center for many, many, many months. And so, but needing to be that point of contact and like taking it seriously for if anything did come up. Thankfully, she was vaccinated in, in January. Since then, we've been able to visit with her. We don't necessarily see eye to eye on politics in general and I think that's the only place we don't see eye to eye but he's educated on it he's a marine veteran 9-11 purple heart like when he has some concerns about the government I also don't dismiss that either because he is more intimately entangled with it than I am
2: I mean I'm not an anti vac like anti-vaccine person I'm just I don't really need this vaccine that's been created so quickly When I'm young and healthy, I don't need it. I don't need it. I just don't need it.
1: And you don't
2: trust it. I don't trust it either. It's like a, a vaccine that was created that quickly is kind of iffy to me.
0: What I was most curious about is when you have these very strong differences of opinion, what do you do to resolve it?
1: We have to set limits. Like, okay, we're done with this for today. We're done with this for right now. We need to set a break. And politics is really the only place where where we have to set that. But we also were raised very differently in different parts of the country with different education levels. And our trusted sources are different, right? I, I think having underlying respect is there. We're not out to change each other's minds, but I also know that if it came to like, hey, Tim, you might not be able to go to our friend's wedding in Mexico if that's a requirement at one point in time, or if we get it. need to travel to Portugal and we need to have it at some point in time.
2: That goes against my my individual right as a human being to say, no, it's my choice that I do not need to get a vaccine. It's like your choice to say my body, my choice. You're like it's my body. It's my choice. I no, I don't need to get a vaccine to travel somewhere. That's goes against every human right. <laughs> I won't do it.
3: I, what, what would get you to change your mind? Nothing.
4: I'm not, I don't need a vaccine that I
2: already have antibodies built up for because I've been around people that I'm exposed to the virus. I don't need it. Just like I haven't gotten a flu vaccine in, since I was like in the military. That's what? Why? 20 years ago? I, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need the government telling me what I can and cannot do. It's basically what I'm saying. I don't need somebody else telling me that I have to get this because if I don't get this, then I can't do this. No, it's my body. It's my choice. I choose that I don't want it because I'm healthy. It's you know I'm not I'm not affected by it.
1: And that's I mean it's that's a whole I, I you know agree to disagree.
0: My biggest question for Jen and Tim was: What if they can't go on a honeymoon? What if the restrictions in the EU say that Tim cannot go to Portugal without a vaccine, that he can't maybe get on a plane without a vaccine? Does that mean that after two canceled weddings, they also aren't going to get a honeymoon?
4: I don't
2: think that's ever going to happen because I think people as a whole are going to be like, this is kind of messed up. I don't think it's going to be me, but it's going to be everyone's going to be like, when we stop using your airline, when we stop going to your country, when we stop doing this because you won't allow us to do this, I'm going with or without you to Portugal in summer 22. So. No, without me. Because I'm not, I'm not going to get it. I'm, I'm just not going to get it. I don't believe in it. And I don't need it. And I already have antibodies built up, up in me. Because I've been around people since the summertime. But if it does come down to that, I'm still not, not going to get a vaccine. Just because, you know, big brother told me to. I'm not going to do it.
1: And I will be sad for him. I'm still going. Like, I'm, she can go. I'm, I'm not going
2: to go. No one will travel he's to a, boat, he's so like, I'm gonna, like,
1: I'm gonna row a boat so I don't have to get on your plane to get there. Like he's stubborn enough to be like, all right.
2: It's not about stubbornness; it's about our rights as individuals. It's not; it has nothing to do with that. I have a right to not take a vaccine. You have a right. You want to take a vaccine? You take it. Go for you. I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it.
0: Jen told me that she thinks it's a lot easier for the two of them to navigate these differences because they've chosen not to have kids they've chosen a child-free life. And she thinks it's easier to agree to disagree when there's not little people involved.
1: And so like having to meet in the middle, like I think we're able to have a successful relationship in some regards because like he can make his choices and I can make my choices and we don't have to make a choice, let alone for the dog where the state says he has to get his rabies vaccine, you know, or whatever. But a lot of our friends are team child-free But I do see that, folks, that that is probably harder. Like, if we were to have a kid, are we going to get the kid vaccinated or not?
0: One thing that Jen wanted to make clear over and over again while we talked is that she respects the hell out of her husband. She respects the hell out of him and also out of the service that he gave to our country. I respect that he
1: gets educated, even if it's from people that I differ with, as opposed to people that just are blindly making decisions without any sort of rationale and that's the thing where I think there's no arguing like you you did your research you came to your conclusions you you have a good head on your shoulders I trust you and I love you and you feel the same about me but that's it but it's hard but we do we have to set those boundaries or like when we're around certain friends I'm like we can't go on a mask tirade while we're around. I don't want to take attention away from another conversation or or a celebration. I know you're frustrated with X, Y, or Z, but it's not about this conversation. So I think time, place, and manner and setting those rules of engagement have, not formally, but we have done that. And I think it's helped us get through a couple of political cycles and a year and a half of COVID. I try to temper Him. Her
2: friends are mostly leaning left like she is.
1: I think he respects when I say, hey, our friendship is more important than talking about COVID or this, that or the other. You know, to him, again, it's not worth getting into it either, because I think you're not here to change anybody's mind either. You just want people to know where you stand. And I, that's okay.
0: The end of this conversation got a little bit cut off because my baby woke up, but I told Jen that I just really hope she gets to go to Portugal. Because she deserves a honeymoon. And they deserve to be able to go together and celebrate. And so I'll keep following up. And I just hope she doesn't have to go on her honeymoon by herself. Hope you guys
3: go to Portugal. We'll go. This
4: this will end (laughs) soon.
3: He'll get his pilot's license and he'll just take us over.
1: (laughs) It has to end at some point. I guess I'll keep him. I guess he's got him But again, it's not
2: like I'm anti all vaccine.
3: No, exactly. You know. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.
0: Time for a quick break. Be right back. Hey, guys. Joe here. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Our next couple, Michelle and Coy, are a little bit older than Tim and Jen, their grandparents. But like Jen, Michelle is very eager to start traveling again. She wants to go to Germany. She wants to go to Paris. She wants to do it all. She wants to get out of her goddamn house. But Coy is digging in. He says he's done his research and he just does not want to get the vaccine. It doesn't make sense to him based on what he's read. But also like Jen, Michelle told me that she will just start traveling without her husband. Here are Michelle and Coy.
4: It bothers her that I won't, uh, that I won't get the vaccine. And she's, you know, she signed us both up. And for some reason, she came up, you know, they texted her and she went and she's coming up on her second shot. Here in a couple of days, right?
3: It's been really challenging. I feel like he should get the vaccine. And I think my name came up first because the state we live in is a little bit behind some other states, but I work for higher ed. And so I'm in one of those categories where I am closer to the top of the waiting list. But it's challenging that he doesn't want to get the vaccine. Definitely.
4: I ran the numbers and You know, even though these numbers are very, very small, I'm actually 42% more likely to die from getting the vaccine than I would be from getting COVID again and dying. Like I said, they're very small numbers. It's, you know, about 12 to 16 in a million, you know, but... The way I look at it is, you know, that's still risk. You know, I, I wouldn't play Russian roulette, no matter how many empty chambers were in the gun. So that's kind of how I came to that decision.
0: Coy already had COVID last year, and he told me he was...
4: Run down and just exhausted from the disease. And I would say it was probably a solid week that I was, I was like this. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a picnic for sure, but it wasn't that bad either, I guess.
3: I look at it more from an emotional standpoint. I've had terrible anxiety this past year. I think like almost everybody, the lack of control over this pandemic and how we react to it. So I think for me, the vaccine is important just because it's the one thing I can do in all of this to actually control something. Like I feel it's very important to be vaccinated and go through that process. But it's also kind of a relief that I can do this one thing to make a difference that I've kind of felt like I haven't been able to do this whole time.
0: Michelle and Coy informed me that they have been together a very long time.
4: 9,969
0: <laughs> days. Coy, you were so good with numbers. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like... <laughs> blown away
3: here man we've been together since 1993 we've been married since 1994
4: yeah january 8th 1994 the only reason i know that the day's number is because we've actually been counting down to our 10,000th day which is a month from today so
0: guys they've got a countdown i can't really tell you how many years i've been married at this point Given that kind of specificity, I also really wanted to know how the two of them first met.
3: So we were sophomores in high school. I was in his English class, brand new to the school. And apparently he thought I was really attractive.
4: She was. I didn't think it, I knew it.
3: <laughs> and he was way too nice to date while we were in high school. So he didn't get a shot until after he graduated, but... He was a great friend all through high school.
0: I told the two of them here that even though it's a cliche, it's true that the girls just never like the nice guys, you know, until we've already dated all of the terrible guys who never call us back or sleep with our best friends. But it's fine because we have to date all of the not nice guys to finally marry the right nice guy. This is what I believe, at least.
3: Exactly. So
0: Koi is a numbers guy. He likes numbers and data. And during this past crazy chaotic year... It's data that's been giving him a sense of control as he tries to make sense of the world right now.
4: I, I crunched all the numbers for the different, the different ones. Pfizer's is like 95%, you know, effective rate. The lowest one was 67%. I think that was AstraZeneca. They're all way more effective than obviously doing nothing, but the numbers lay that out. You've got a, a much better chance if you get the vaccine, if you haven't already had COVID. But the problem I saw was that, just to give you the numbers, like I said, it was very small, but there was uh, 3,000. Here, let me me bring it up on my phone because I'm a dork.
3: He's very scientific about this, like to the point where it's almost too much.
4: Too much, probably. That's, yeah, I can see that. So out of, this is from the CDC website today, 211 million doses have been given so far, and there's been 3,486 deaths which it does only come out to 6.5 deaths per million. So, you know, that's pretty good numbers. And then the reinfection rate from COVID, that's actually a pretty hard number to find. The best I could find was a study that was published on The Lancet from Denmark, which gave that number at 0.65%. And then if you plug that into the death rate of COVID, which is 17.91 per million, you'll come out with only 116 per million of, you know, chance of getting COVID again and dying from it. So it's, you know, 16 versus 11. There's no way I can justify doing something more risky to avoid something that's less risky.
3: Do you see what I'm dealing with? Like, it's really hard to argue when he's throwing all these numbers out there where I'm just coming from it, like, emotionally and not logically,
0: Logical emotions are so confusing this year, right now. We haven't been able to control anything. And I said that to Michelle. And that's one of the things that I mentioned to Michelle, that it feels like her control comes from getting the vaccine and Koi's control comes from crunching some numbers. When I was saying all this, I felt strangely like a therapist, but it's true. It does feel like both of them are trying to regain some kind of sense of control in a world that just feels completely out of control.
3: So both of us are trying to somehow gain control when this crazy is possible. Well, just just in totally, four. completely different ways. <laughs> Which is challenging. It's really challenging because I just want him to do what I say.
0: <laughs> I asked them what would happen if their friend said, look, Coy's not vaccinated, so we don't really want to hang out with him.
3: That is a concern. Our children don't live near us. We have three kids and a grandson. And our oldest is in New York. And our middle child is in Vermont. And those are obviously very strict states to travel to. So... I haven't seen them since July of last year when they were able to go to California for my grandson's birthday. I think that's the biggest concern for me is that I just want to see my kids. I want to travel to Germany this fall, and I'm a little bit worried about being able to do that if he doesn't get vaccinated. So that's probably the biggest thing for me, really, like take the control and the emotional aspect out of it. I would really, really like to go see both boys and spend some time with them. And I don't think the boys would not spend time with him because they know their dad and they know he's very, I don't what's the word? I don't even know the right word, but he's very analytical about how he thinks about things.
4: That's like a different A word.
3: (laughs) But I do worry that our friends are going to get to the point where they're like, we're vaccinated and you're not. I think that's a pretty normal feeling for most people right now.
4: I mean, honestly, though, I have considered, you know, she sent me a like an email or a text or something today about Europe opening up this summer if you're vaccinated. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I would consider, you know, because like I said, it's, you know, both options are, are pretty minimal risk for me. So if it came down to not traveling or not seeing a lot of friends, you know, I would probably accept that five in a million chance to to do that you know because you know i risk my life every day you know driving is probably one of the most dangerous things i do every day and you know i risk that to go to work and to go have dinner and stuff like that so you know i would probably take on that risk if if it came down to it but right now i am just totally trying to weasel out of it
0: (laughs) so michelle what he's saying is there's a chance (laughs) there's a chance there's always a chance. If Europe is in the cards and it seems like they're going to require some kind of vaccination proof, then Coy is going to get this vaccine.
3: I should just book my plane tickets. That's what I'm hearing. Because yeah. I will force him to... <laughs> I'll hold
4: out. I'll hold out to the last minute.
3: <laughs> I could just go to Paris without him. Oh, with well, that. <laughs> Take me with you. I'm vaccinated.
0: I will come to Paris with
3: you. See? Perfect.
5: (laughs) This episode of Committed was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. A special thanks to Jen, Tim, Michelle, and Coy. Supervising producer is Ramsey Yount. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klang. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's j o at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, how to be married on Amazon or wherever books are sold committed as a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.